Welcome back to Guns and Homes's Marketing for the Business Curious. We are talking right now about digital marketing. Um, so last week we had part one of digital marketing in which we talked about how it differs from traditional marketing. And importantly, how it doesn't mostly. Remember all the fundamentals and principles are all the same. It's just the channels and the measurement stuff that differ. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right, that's right, that's right. Um, but last week, you also promised the good uh, people of, uh, okay, person, <laughs> uh, <laughs> of our audience, that we'd uh, tell them how to do all this online marketing stuff. I did say that, and I will. For now, though, can you answer me one simple question? I'll try. Okay, let's say that I have something that I want to sell. Uh, and I want to advertise it online. Where do I even start, Don? Do I make a banner ad and then, I don't know, phone up CNN.com and ask them if they'll show it to 500 people or something? Like, how does this work? <laughs> yeah, um, okay, not, not exactly like that. So let's assume you've made your banner, right? Either you've made it yourself or you've paid an agency to do it, depending on what your skills are like. Uh, terrible, I'll, I'll pay the agency, okay. Okay. Um, okay, but you don't call up CNN yourself. You don't think about it. There's millions and millions of blogs and recipe pages and news pages and all that kind of stuff out there. How are you as an individual or as a, a small company ever going to find all of them, ever going to find the ones that are relevant? And how would they ever find you to say, hi, I've got some space. Pay me to put an advert on my space, on my blog. No, fair. It's just you not going to work. Them. No. Uh, so it's all broken uh, and, and nothing can happen. Uh, I'm depressed now. <laughs> well, don't get depressed. Don't get depressed. <laughs> okay, so most ad buying is this thing called programmatic, ad buy, programmatic advertising, right? And that just means that there's algorithms behind the, the buying and placing of adverts that is done by computer programs, right? Algorithms. And most of that happens through middlemen. So there are places, agencies, companies, brokers, whose sole job it is to collect lots of people who want to place ads and lots of people who want to rent out their space for ads to be in. And they do this middleman thing of joining the two together. So you could probably get one of these people, get to one of these people and they would say, I can give you 5,000 views of your advert to the relevant people for £6.27. Okay, well, actually, that's a bit simplistic. They'd actually show you a list of different bundles of ad placements that you could buy. And there's lots of different ways of doing it. The most common way is to do PPC or pay-per-click. Okay, so, and they'd say, every time your ad gets clicked on, you pay for that click. And it might be so many prices per thousand clicks so cost per thousand cpk it's quite another acronym that we use a lot with online metrics so you get offered a cost per thousand for so many clicks on a pay-per-click basis and so cpk the k is thousand like as in kilogram right or yeah yeah okay or killer whale <laughs> we're back to <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're back to your we're back to metric again k okay. for kilo okay a, so so a, in these metrics yeah, okay. <laughs> in these metrics yes yeah, cpk cost per thousand where the k stands for a thousand okay yeah and it's like um, often like i think like five or six or seven or eight pounds it's, it's not 
like thousands. I mean, it's not hundreds of pounds for yeah, no, it's, a thousand it's, impressions. It's cheap. It's, it's relatively cheap to buy a thousand. I mean, it does depend who you're trying to buy and, and all of this kind of stuff, but it's not massively expensive, but it's, it's a poorly understood marketplace and it's fraught with fraud. You are very much at the mercy of the scruples of the broker and the algorithm and all of this kind of stuff. So how, they would, could, you, how would you cheat someone on that? I, I don't get it. Like, so you'd how, say, how, well, you... yeah. So they might say, well, I'm going to charge you so many per thousand clicks. And then they've got a bot set up in the corner that is just clicking on your ads. Okay, oh. so you might get 200 real people clicking on the ad and 800 clicks might be from a bot. Okay, and you have really very little way of knowing that, very little data on how that's broken down. Okay, that's why quite often you see this capture stuff that's, I want to tell you you're not a robot. You know, <laughs> some of that is about preventing this kind of bot fraud. Um, but yeah, you, you see that, yeah, bots go so, to these pages loads of times and it looks like lots of people have seen it and then they take your money and you've got nothing for it. So I go online and I find one of these skeevy middlemen and I take my chances. Well, you, you can, but really, realistically, 80% of this market is owned by Google and Facebook, right? If you're doing online advertising, those really are the two big companies. You know, They own most of the online advertising space. It's famously an oligopoly, or I guess more accurately, a duopoly. Like between these two players, they control a huge chunk of the market. Yeah, and it, but if I'm a big firm, to be honest, I'm probably not going to do it direct anyway. I'm going to pay a media agency to look after this for me, as I do with all of the rest of my advertising through multi channels, right? Because I'm going to do integrated marketing comms, I'm going to be using billboard, TV streaming all this kind of stuff so i'm probably just going to get a media agency to take care of all of it for me okay integrated media comms there there's another future podcast <laughs> definitely i love a bit of integration good old so. imc yeah <laughs> um so that's where i'd go I'd, I'd go to my agency and i'd say what can we do with this is it going to be google facebook maybe some of these other online brokers and do a few small podcasts, influencers, that kind of stuff. Hey, hey, we're available. If people are looking for small podcasts, we, we've got a very, very small podcast. <laughs> teeny, teeny, tiny. Micro, micro, micro. The, the, here's the scary part. They talk about like micro influencers and then they mean like people with thousands, like several thousand followers. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what they what they call people who's their only listeners are their mom <laughs> yeah. well look don if we had a thousand more followers we could have a thousand followers there you go so how does all this targeting stuff work do i call you know, facebook knows all of my inner secrets do i call them up and say like tell me that people's inner secrets so that i can i can show them a really good ad for you know pens or something yeah, let's just hope that Facebook aren't telling anybody my inner secrets because that's definitely not for public consumption. So you can be pretty precise about your targeting. Okay, it, The more precise you want to be, the more expensive it is. Obviously, that stands to reason. And certain categories of people are very popular and carry a premium. Okay, So 
basically somebody in the background at Facebook has to do all the work of categorizing everyone on the internet and they use analytics and algorithms and all that kind of stuff to categorize people and to effectively put them in pigeonholes or attach tags to them okay so, they so then I come along and buy an advert and and so how does that work I I, I say give me 5,000 people who are and how do I how do I get these choices? How do I know what Facebook is is going to offer? Okay, so Facebook eff effectively have a menu, and you can say, okay, I want to target people by location, and there'll be a drop down list so you can choose locations, or you can say, I want them by attitude, or I want them by age, or I want them by gender, and all of those kind of things. So you can pick the kind of things from their list, from their menu list, the kind of people that you think might be interested in your product. And then the more specific I am and the more these are people that everyone else wants to target to, the more they'll charge me for that targeting. Yeah, because yeah, they've only got so much ad space in front of that person. And if that person's a, a popular person, then they're more expensive because everybody wants to target them, right? And there's only so much space to, to target them with. So is it worth it then? Do I, you know, so if it's more expensive, but I get better targeting, is that trade-off? Is that trade-off worth it? Well, in theory, it is because if you're good at targeting and you've got your ads shown to people who are more likely to buy, then you're more likely to get a better response rate, in theory. But it's only a theory. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's actually a paper that came out a little while ago where some people tried to analyze this, um, and their argument was that this marketplace of how targeting happens is very opaque. So when you buy an ad, you, you can't really see how it's happening. And their conclusion there, so the bottom line was that the targeting does result in better rates of sales, but the better rates, you know, the, the extra money you make from that is is entirely eaten up by the ad costing more. So the, the people who make the money off the targeting are the companies that do the targeting and the people who are buying the adverts are basically just kind of missing out on the whole benefit because um, it's a very... O opaque and, and, and poorly constructed marketplace from the yeah, consumer's perspective. But that that might be right, okay? So it might cost me slightly more and the net result is my return on investment might be the same. So the amount I get out at the end compared to what I paid in the beginning might end up being the same. But you have to bear in mind that if my ads have been more targeted, then there's a lot of people that I haven't offended by showing my ad to them okay i've not spammed lots of people i've not annoyed lots of people by showing them irrelevant adverts so if the end result is the same if i get the same number of sales or if i get better sales but it's cost me slightly more and the, the net result is kind of the same financially then actually the other implications of that are i've done less spam more targeted i've probably had more people that have seen my brand that it's relevant to and that's a good thing from a marketing perspective that is a good thing so your bottom line is it probably is better to target than that that's what you think well i th i think it is okay so in my opinion targeting is good because you you spam fewer people but it's also really tricky first of all okay i've got to draw a portrait of who my ideal customer is okay how do i know i've got that right have I been too picky about who I've selected? Did I miss anyone out? Do I even understand my customers or my prospective customers? 
well enough to draw that detailed picture you know how do I do that bit so that is tricky but that's the same for any kind of marketing that's not it's just you know you can be more precise when you're doing it online and if you're being more precise you've got to make more decisions well if I've already got like some customers right I can profile them and then I know that those people will buy it so like if I could get more of the same kind of people isn't that a pretty good way of going about it well it it is but that only tells you about your existing customers it doesn't tell you who might be missing so Alex I think it's time for an example I think this is one where we could really use you know an example of helping a brand or a company or an imaginary company to kind of explain this a bit better Oh, good. We, 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 we save someone else who won't listen to our advice. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, boy, who, who should it be this time then? Um, well, how about if we try and work out how you would market a podcast? Like this uh, one. <laughs> uh, you mean we should do some marketing on us? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. So you should have all of the info on who our listeners are and let's have a look and see what that tells us about who who currently listens to our podcast okay i will i will i will open this up and, and pull it out uh okay i know the yeah. numbers aren't going to be big but there's probably some nuggets in there of stuff that we can use yeah so the the service that we're using to put this podcast out actually gives you a little dashboard with some information on it so it tells you where our listeners are so it looks like about half of them are in the uk and the us and we've got some in India and Taiwan and Germany uh, and Italy. Um, uh, it tells you what platform they're listening to. So 20% um, uh, of them are on Spotify and 20% on Apple Podcasts. Uh, but where it actually gets a little bit more interesting is of those who listen on Spotify, Spotify actually gives you some guesses about who those people are. Uh, so it says that its guess is that 60% of our audience is female right now, uh, that most of them are 18 to 22, some of them are 23 to 27, um, none of them are in their 40s, and some of them are, are 60 plus. Um, That's my now, mom, right? <laughs> <laughs> those are our parents listening. Although, I'm pretty sure I've listened, to, I've opened it at least once on Spotify, I'm in my 40s, so they're clearly not doing a perfect job here, because Spotify or Spotify, however you want to say it, when you log in and listen to stuff, it's not like they give you a survey where they say, tell us your date of birth, and then they'll lower you know, and tell us you whether you're a boy or a girl, right? They have to try and guess at, at your gender and your age and probably some other things about you from what you listen to. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, um, but that, you know, based on what music you listen to and what podcasts you listen to, you probably can take a pretty good guess at someone's gender and age um, and you may or may not be right but you, the aim is just to be sort of like generally right for a lot of people more of the time um, and now yeah you, you're not going to be precisely right for every individual you're going to be approximately right for a larger group that that's the thing okay so the numbers that you get are an indication they're not really really reliable as such but they do give you a general indication of who it might be right. So Right. And if Spotify is 20% of our listeners and 20% of a small number is an even smaller number, then, you know, 60% female, 
this is not based on a large sample and so I wouldn't necessarily yeah. put a whole lot of faith in it right now. Um, but the other thing is that we've not done a lot of marketing for our podcast, right? So those numbers, let's imagine that they're reliable and that they're telling us the truth about who's listening. Do we think that's the right audience for us? So those are just the people who've stumbled on our podcast. Right. Are they I, I, the right I don't people? know. I don't know who, who our audience should be. Uh, insomniacs, maybe. <laughs> people who need help going to sleep. And uh, they can put on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's not you say that in jest, but let's use that as an example, right? So okay. if we thought we should be um, useful or listened to by insomniacs, okay, then we can get an ad for our podcast to anybody who Googled insomnia or trouble sleeping or maybe anybody that visited Nightall's website or bought lavender oil online. So, you know, if, yeah, we think okay. it, if we think it's about insomniacs, then there's something that we can do with that. We can start to attract that particular audience. But maybe not all insomniacs will be interested. And doing that, we might just be creating spam. Okay, we need to okay. think about whether that's right or not. Okay, well, let, let's try to be more specific then. So we are, we are marketing for the business curious. So maybe it's about finding curious people. Um, the, in curious, they will not like our podcast. Curious people, maybe we stand a chance with them. So the dashboard that I'm looking at now says nothing about curiosity. Um, I, I can't tell anything about that from who's listened already but maybe we could advertise to people we think might be curious. So I don't know, uh, people who watch TED Talks or people who watch documentaries on iPlayer or people who Google how or why a lot, something like that. Yeah, so that would be an approach that we could take, but we have to see if those things are on the list of categories of, are available from Facebook, say. So if they are, if they've got a category for curiosity, as they would have with adventurous or conservative or traditional, then if curiosity is one of those, happy days. If not, we're gonna to have to work around those ideas a little bit further. Um, okay, Let, let's think through a bit further. Um, let, let's go with Google because if nothing else, they have a nice color scheme and um, I can respect that. <laughs> how, how Even I would call that a color scheme, but there you go. So, so they've got the red and the yellow and the green and the blue, they've got the- <laughs> Primary colours. You can you can tell you've got kids. No finesse. <laughs> <laughs> just building blocks to you, isn't it? Uh, I, I may once have had some taste, but it's all been stripped out. Uh, <laughs> strip mined and replaced by little jingles. Um, <laughs> Let's look at Google. Okay, with Google, it's a little bit different because Google's a search engine rather than a, a social networking app. Okay, so it's a little bit different. So instead of um, looking for attributes of people that are in that network, you're basically buying ads that get associated with search terms. Okay. So if someone types in curious, then we can say, show me ad, you know, show our ad to people who type in the word curious. Yeah, you can, you can buy that search term curious, or we could say, or every, every time somebody searches TED Talks, present them with our banner ad because if they're looking at TED Talks they're the kind of people we want you know if they're looking at um, Curiosity Killed the Cat they're probably looking at 80s music rather than us so let's not buy those you've got to filter out all of you know work your way around all of these particular search terms we, we want people who are searching for podcasts that seems pretty obvious because that means they're looking for a podcast 
if they're searching for a podcast, show our ad next to that search result, and then they'll go and click on our podcast, and we're off to the races. Yeah, I mean, I... Po- podcast would be, you know, that would be an obvious one, really. But it's also going to be really expensive because lots of other people are probably also targeting podcast, right? And it's basically it works a bit like a an auction. And the other people that are promoting their podcasts, you know, all the guys at the BBC and all these high influencers and all these rich people, they're going to have a lot more money than we are. We're not going to be able to afford to do it, right? They're going to be a lot richer than us. You know, the people with producers and whole teams of people, you know, they, 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 the credits at the end, and they list 20 people who worked on the podcast. Uh, and that would be just be like, me, me, Don, Don, me, 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 Don. And Don. Wait. Uh, Actually, we wouldn't just have a list, or do we? would just say, put together by Alex and Don. <laughs> <laughs> so then it would be cheaper than if we just uh, searched, if our search word was, hmm, interesting, because not so many people would search for that, and so then we'd have less competition, less people to bid against in, in the big auction. Yeah, so th- that would be a lot cheaper, but you've got to work out whether actually anybody's searching for, hmm, interesting. And you know, because how do you uh, even how do tell? I know that? How do I know that? <laughs> how, how do I know if people are searching for this? Well, Google help you out there because Google wants to get your money off you for advertising, right? So they're really helpful. They provide a list of search terms and tell you how popular they are, how often they get searched in the last day, month, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, what's trending? They'll give you this list of search terms that you can buy. Or you okay? can enter and, in and, the search terms, and, and they'll tell you. Yeah. They'll tell you how popular it is and how often it gets searched and, you know. And then how much it would cost. And then how much it would cost to buy an ad to appear next to that. They can't always give you a precise cost because it's a bit like an auction. So you'd have to say, if I want that search term at this time of day, for this length of period, then they'd give you a cost for that. But it would depend on how many other people were also trying to buy that search term at the same time. So it's a supply and demand market, right? Basic right. marketing, it's back to basic fundamentals, it's supply and demand. So this is where the famous long tail strategy comes in, right? You know, there's a small number of search terms that everyone searches for a lot, like podcast. And then yep. there's lots and lots of words that hardly anybody searches for, like interesting or, um, I, I don't know. I mean, marketing would be a big one, but there's lots of more obscure terms and those are a lot cheaper. So one approach is instead of spending lots of money on the obvious search terms, you just spend the same money on lots and lots and lots and lots of very cheap words and maybe each of one of those only catches a few people but sort of all together they capture quite a few people and that's that's the long tail and if you make a graph of, of the Pareto distribution it, it looks like a long tail and uh, that doesn't work very well in a podcast but people really know what those <laughs> graphs look like it's very visual very visual <laughs> yeah that's exactly how it how it works so you've got this different bits of search engine pricing going on where some terms are more expensive than others so do you want to do you want me to tell you something funny about this okay go ahead so if i was (laughs) i don't know if i can make you laugh it's it's more funny interesting than funny ha ha so if i was g-tech vacuum cleaners right you know i'm a little bit obsessed with vacuum cleaners so if i'm g-tech i might buy space on Google so that every time somebody types in Dyson, a GTEC ad appears next to it. So, wait, really? So I, I'm searching for Dyson and GTEC, but aren't those people looking for Dysons? But they're actually looking for vacuum cleaners, 
and they're in the market for vacuum cleaners right they're at the point of search so they're quite tuned in they're quite qualified so as gtech i'm trying to hijack them now i'm trying to distract them from dyson by saying hey look there's an alternative you know sneaky. if you're in the market for a vacuum cleaner come here and it is sneaky it's also really expensive particularly for a big consumer category like vacuum cleaners right that's going to be and a brand like dyson's massive it probably costs more to to do that for dyson than to buy something like shark or vax so it's yeah. it's expensive particularly if dyson are also buying their own name to stop you doing it okay because brands do do that they buy their own name and um, because it's all done on this big online auction this algorithms in the background but you can buy oh yeah the buying, auction you said yeah yeah so i'm going to buy that term vacuum cleaners from five o'clock in the afternoon till seven at night because that's when i know people are peak and at that particular point it's going to cost me x amount of pounds i'm doing this right now i'm googling you googling dyson, dyson. add top uh, top two ads are dyson top three four five uh and then i'm onto curry's which is an electronics retailer and wikipedia and very.co.uk which is is that a retailer i think it is i see that's that's funny because on mine when i google dyson my second ad is for eSpares. Uh, uk who sell parts <laughs> ah, 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 ah. so they're trying to guess like they think you might already have a dyson so then here are extra parts now that may be because they have a different profile for you and me yeah and i do just... have it and i do have a dyson and i google uh, i google vacuum cleaners a lot because i use them as examples in my marketing classes all the time so i, I could be different lots profiles. of dyson cookies or it could also be that you know uh, very.co.uk bought 30,000 banner ads and I was one of those lucky 30,000 and, and you weren't so uh, who, who knows um, it, you know, from, from the consumer point of view it's very opaque um, yeah yeah or it could be that you live in a more affluent area so you don't get your vacuum cleaner fixed you just go and buy a new one whereas I'm poorer because <laughs> I live in the north so I'm more likely to to buy spare parts and fix my vacuum cleaner Right. That will come as delightful news to all of my neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you just got promoted. <laughs> okay, so on Google, we could buy TED Talks to get our banner in front of people who watch TED Talks. Exactly. Okay. Exactly that. But I don't think either of us earn enough to fund that kind of marketing. Okay, so what about Facebook then? Is that going okay, to help so us Facebook out? Facebook gives you different kind of options. So they do the more traditional kind of targeting we talked about. So location, age, gender, behavior, networks, all that kind of stuff. Okay. It does kind of sound like we're at their mercy though. And I'm feeling a bit like it's David and Goliath here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we are fighting Google and Facebook and we are at their mercy pretty well. They are the oligopoly. Um, right. Okay. That's uh, optimism for you then. Um, but, what else can we do then? So there's other things we can do for ourselves. So we can skip the whole paid advert thing and we can try and get people to come direct to us anyway. Okay, well, I like that. That's a lot better. We're escaping from the, the duopoly. Uh, how do we do that? Okay, well, when people search for marketing podcasts, right, we could be a legitimate search result that Google might try to present to them. Okay, it's what we call natural search terms. So the kind of thing that comes up, not because we've paid for an advertising, but just because Google's found us naturally as being a fit. OK, 
Okay, it's in Google's interest to present people with search results that are relevant to them. So if we can prove that we're relevant, we will get presented by Google. So, so, so Google decides that we are the best marketing podcast, that people search for marketing podcasts in Google, it'll start to show them us uh, because people seem to like us. Um, uh, and we're relevant for that search term. You know, we get clicked on when that happens all of those kind of things so we just got to get google to think that we're the best marketing podcast how do we do that how do we get google to think that we're the best marketing podcast so that we don't have to pay for the ads they'll just show show us to them anyway there's lots and lots of things that you can do there it's it's this thing called search engine optimization or we call it seo for sure okay so right. that's about optimizing your content so that you can be found easier by search engine so google it's not just google it's other um places that suggest podcasts so making yourself easier to find on spotify and anchor and iplayer and all that kind of stuff okay so when someone Yahoo. looks for a business <laughs> yeah there you go ask jeeves so, <laughs> <laughs> we just aged ourselves there yeah <laughs> so when someone looks for a business duck, duck, podcast, go. how about that duck, duck, go. <laughs> there we go. so when someone looks for a business podcast or a marketing podcast we get listed right if we get good at this search engine optimization we will naturally get listed we don't have to advertise we'll just be there anyway and it's the equivalent of us going hi here we are you know so if somebody types in feed my curiosity and we've got curious in the title then that's more likely to get presented to that person that searched that term so yeah so you, you uh, and there are there are actually like there are websites that will try and tell you how to do this how to do seo they'll give you um a whole big checklist of things that you should change about your website uh and so there'll be better search terms and where to put the search terms on your website um and increasingly they're getting into google i mean google changes their criteria all the time and the latest iterations are getting more and more apparently i was just reading about this the other day they're, they're getting more and more into is your web page really usable so when you load the web page how quickly do all of the parts start jump stop jumping about um and how quickly is sort of the most useful information shown uh at the top so lots of big pictures that load slowly and, and move all the websites around will get you punched down the google rankings now so uh, yeah and one of the tricky things with that is that google don't publish their algorithm right so you've and they do keep changing it so you have to keep manipulating your own website and your own description on your podcast and things like that to make sure you stay top of that list and that in itself is an art form and again you can get agencies to help you do that i mean that's what most companies would do most big companies so we can do all of that if we understand some of it we can do that maybe as well as buying some advertising Okay, so how do we decide what to do and, and what we can afford? I mean, how do we make those decisions then? Okay, well, well, frequently you would start by looking at your budget. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've got two pound coins and two buttons in my purse and that's about it. I don't have... <laughs> well, there you go, Lord, and you're welcome over me again. I know, I'm sorry. I just can't help being rich to the tune of two quid and two buttons. So we're going to have to start doing some cheaper stuff. You know, the kind of things that you do, we'd call it marketing on a shoestring, right? A shoestring budget. Okay. Uh, okay. So if you're enjoying our podcast, why not tell your friends? There you go. Classic. Classic okay. marketing on a shoestring. Uh, we could keep talking about this all day. Okay. I don't think people would listen to us all day. <laughs> They've probably had enough of us already. 
<laughs> you mean they haven't lined up dozens of episodes to binge listen to? Alex, this is episode seven. We haven't even done a dozen yet. Uh, you and your facts. Okay, let's wrap it up then. Let's wrap this one up. Okay, so this has been Guns and Homeses, talking more about marketing for the business curious. And the online curious. Maybe so. Bye. Bye-bye.